without doubt and without fear. May you find some comfort here. May there be hope to help you cope when what you need is nowhere near. Make your mark unto these years. Shape your world with salt and tears. Carry on when your will is gone, be there joy or sorrow. Given time, given faith, given courage to embrace changes as they each take place, be it joy or sorrow. It's from a song called Joy or Sorrow by Texas singer-songwriter Terry Hendricks. And I was thinking of that song this week as I was thinking about Jesus, the life of Jesus, following the wind of the Holy Spirit in good times, in bad, in joy or in sorrow. Jesus had a profoundly beautiful life being led by the wind, the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus was fully connected to God and fully connected to creation around him with hope And with faith, embracing life as it came, be it joy or sorrow. Now, because of Jesus and because of the church's dawning realization that Jesus was God living among us as an actual human being, the church began over the centuries to develop an understanding of God as being one God who was also three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We developed this understanding of God because of Jesus, because he spoke with God, his Father, who spoke back to him. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit of God. So these three persons worked and moved together as one, even as they were each distinct. So how does that all work and fit together here on Trinity Sunday as we figure that all out. Three little words. I don't know. (laughs) After years of pondering and wondering and studying in seminary and hearing what theologians have said about how they would describe the Trinity, I think of the Trinity in terms of relationship. Three persons bound together So perfectly in love that they are one. From that image of God, we then gain an understanding of the image of God in which we were made. We were intended to love others, to be loved by others, to join with others so that we would be one with them. That was Jesus prayer for his disciples. If you'll remember in John 17, 11, that they would be one, that we would be one as he and the father are one. In good times and in bad, in joy or sorrow, we were made to be like God, bound to one another in love and our loving unity, creating shalom, the peace and wholeness of God. I have been reading uh, recently learning change. By Jim Harrington and Trisha Taylor. I highly recommend that you read it as well. Uh, The title threw me. I thought learning change. Yuck. Don't want to have to read that. Love it. Absolutely love this. So Jim Harrington and Trisha Taylor. Get a copy. It's wonderful. And it begins with the idea of God's dreams for us. 
that we would each bring about the peace and wholeness of God. We were designed, they write, to dream of the epic life God created for us, the abundant, fully human life and fully alive life that Jesus lived. Along the way, we exchange that life, we exchange that dream for a seriously compromised version characterized by the pursuit of comfort and convenience. But God has chosen us to partner with him in recreating and restoring shalom in our own families, our communities, and ultimately in the world. Reading this book has reminded me of the dream that I had as a youth of following the wind of God, of having that purpose in my life to partner with God in restoring shalom. And I lost some of that along the way as coming into adulthood and seeking security and comfort in life. I lost that dream of restoring God's shalom. And since reading this book, Jesus has been calling me to make some changes, even if only an attitude and outlook. So that I can reclaim that dream of a life partnering with God and restoring peace and wholeness. Restoring shalom, the peace and wholeness of God was Jesus's life through and through. Partnering with God and restoring shalom is the life that Jesus was talking about when he was talking with Nicodemus about being born from above. When we're born from above, we follow the epic life that God has dreamed for us. Partnering with him and restoring shalom in the world and following the wind of God. The wind where it blows where it chooses, Jesus said, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it goes. Which I then thought about that in terms of the Trinity. And I got this great image of the father and the son talking together and suddenly a mighty wind begins blowing and the son says, hey, dad, where do you think she's going now? Are you kidding, son? I never have any idea where she's going. But it's always the grandest of adventures. And together they follow the spirit. The three bound perfectly together in love and their loving union, creating shalom, the peace and wholeness of God. Being born of the spirit, following the wind, which blows where it chooses. We don't know where it goes. Or it came from. But we see something beautiful in the life of that wind. And so we follow where the wind blows. Jesus calls us to surrender ourselves. To follow God's dream for us, for that abundant, fully human life. And in that surrender. Jesus calls us to let go of some of our false security, comfort and convenience and follow the wind of God, partnering with him and restoring shalom. Be it joy or sorrow, our lives were made for this shalom. Our lives were made for so much more than for securing our own comfort and security. We were made to be fully alive. Which means risk. Which means that we're not going to be perfectly happy with no tears ever. 
Both joy and sorrow will happen as they did for Jesus. We know that risking joy and sorrow is part of what it means to be fully alive, fully human. And so is following the wind of God on whatever grand adventure she has in mind for us. We had two examples in our scripture readings today of people following the wind of God on a grand new adventure. Isaiah and Nicodemus. Now, for Isaiah, he received this grand vision of God in his divine court with angels all around him, leaving little doubt that the grand adventure on which he was about to embark was from the wind of God. In this case, a gale force wind. And he had no idea what he was getting into. But as soon as God asked who will go for us, Isaiah piped up. Sounds good. Let's go. What are we doing again? And there was indeed joy and sorrow in his following the wind of God. But come what may, Isaiah was all in. And some folks have experiences like this of a strong sense of God's calling to them to follow the wind of God on a grand adventure. And they can't wait to begin. Others are more like Nicodemus. He was a little more subdued in his response. Now, for one thing, the invitation to follow the wind of God was a little less of a gale force wind than a gentle breeze. And he was still not at all certain that he wanted to follow. Having seen and heard Jesus, he saw something beautiful in what Jesus was saying and doing. And he felt the wind of God gently blowing on his face, beckoning him onward. But he thought, this seems potentially great. And also very confusing and rather distressing. And Jesus, can we just talk together, maybe hidden away somewhere, nighttime, no one around, and I can kind of get caught up on what all this means. I love both of these examples of how we can say yes to the wind of God beckoning us to follow in the life of the Trinity. God lets us follow the wind as we can, as we are able, as we learn over time to trust him and to catch the beauty of the dream that God has for our lives. So where is the wind of God blowing? Three words again. I don't know. Just ask yourself this. Who's the next person you're going to talk to or even look at while you are here? That's where you get to live the life of the Trinity and restore the shalom of God in creation. Or where's the next place you're going to go from here? That's the next place the spirit is inviting you to help restore the shalom of God in creation and on and on and on in your home with your family and friends at work, at school, in your neighborhood. That's where we get to follow the wind of God to live the life of the Trinity. To help restore the shalom of God in creation. The wind blows where it wills and she calls to us. Without doubt and without fear, may you find some comfort here. May there be hope to help you cope when what you need is nowhere near. 
Make your mark unto these years. Shape your world with salt and tears. Carry on when your will is gone. Be it joy or sorrow. Given time. Given faith. Given courage to embrace changes as they each take place. Be it joy or sorrow.